Well, hi everyone. This is Denise Drummond Dunn speaking from C3 Centricity, and it's lovely to have you here again. This week, I want to talk about what a customer first strategy actually means today. Every few days, there seems to be another customer service disaster that fills the newspapers and online social media shares. Why is a customer first strategy so hard for companies to follow? Listen on and I'll share some of my ideas and suggested remedies. Almost every single organisation, big or small, recognises the importance of their customers. They talk about customer centricity, but very few actually go beyond voicing their opinions. Why? A customer first strategy is not that hard to do. Just think customer first in everything you do. So how come most businesses get it spectacularly wrong? I think the reason is because they don't see the immediate return and it does cost money to implement. What do you think? Reasons for having a customer first strategy. There's been enough research done to prove that the return on a customer first strategy is significant. Here are just a few of the numbers that I've seen recently. 86% of buyers will pay more for a better customer experience. But only 1% of customers feel their vendors consistently meet their expectations. What a gap that is, hey? 89% of consumers have stopped doing business with a company after experiencing poor customer service. By 2020, customer experience will overtake price and product as the key brand differentiator. And a 10% increase in customer retention levels results in a 30% increase in the value of the company, at least according to Bain. Those are numbers that would make any CEO sit up and take notice. But will it make them act? What's holding them back from investing in their customers rather than just in the products and services they offer? I believe that those numbers can no longer be ignored. It's time every CEO started initiating a move to a more customer-centric organisation. No more excuses. This has to be your top priority or at least one of your top priorities. Marketing are too busy building brands. With so much information available today, marketing is being challenged to demonstrate its ROI, return on investment. This might explain why they're still putting their efforts into brand building, sometimes to the detriment of their customers, consumers and clients. However, an analysis run by IBM on research carried out in the UK last year by the Call Credit Information Group gives a different reason. They found that the majority of marketers is feeling overwhelmed by all this data. Their explanation for this is that only 29% of marketers believe they have the necessary skills to analyse data, with 44% planning on investing in further training over the next two years to boost confidence within their organisations around the handling of information. According to a Forrester report, 44% of B2C marketers are using big data and analytics to improve responsiveness to customer interactions. 
But of equal importance in terms of top two mentions is the desire to generate insights. It surprises me that despite the constant flow of data into companies, they still lack insights into their customers. As I'm often quoted as saying, we're drowning in data but thirsting for insights. Marketing is clearly so busy using data to manage their pricing, distribution and communication channels that they're not using the information to get to know their customers better. This conclusion is confirmed by a Forbes article which mentions that marketing is using big data to provide answers to which content is the most effective, how to increase conversion rates and customer lifetime value. It would be good if they used it also to increase satisfaction and loyalty, no? Big Data has actually done customer understanding a disfavour since organisations are hardly increasing their spend on market research, at least according to Esimar's latest industry figures. The industry grew a measly 2.2% in 2015, the first significant growth recorded in five years. Compare this to the more than 4% increase recorded for ad spend over the previous five years. Something's not right. But there is some hope. A recent report on the KPIs used by marketing showed that marketers are using a variety of metrics and KPIs to measure the impact of their brand marketing activities. In surveying more than 560 global brand managers and CMOs, the analysis concludes that new customer acquisition and social media engagement are the two primary ways they use to determine the success of their brand marketing efforts. And this is around three quarters of all brand managers and CMOs that said this. However, there still is a lot of room for improvement. A 2016 Spencer Stewart survey shows data analysis and insights are one of the three main areas where CMOs need the most development as a leader. And unfortunately, they are also the skills which more than a half of them say are the most difficult to find when building a team. So, if CMOs can't develop insight about their customers, shouldn't market research be more, not less important to them? After all, it's the one profession which spends its whole time trying to understand the market and its customers. So, what's going wrong? Market research is seen as a cost, not an investment. Companies still need market research to understand their customers. Yes, there is a wealth of information flooding into organisations with the Internet of Things, but those numbers don't tell you their why. That's where market research comes into its own. It needs to provide more why answers and not just the mere statistics they seem comfortable dropping on the laps of executives and marketers alike. I believe that a large part of the issue is also the researchers themselves. They're not sociable, they don't speak the language that others can understand and they actually seem afraid to voice their own opinion, let alone make recommendations. 
And this was recently confirmed in the Vermeer Millwood Brown Insights 2020 research. It clearly showed the advantages of a senior market research position at board level. But to get there, most researchers need new skills. The critical capabilities which were said to highlight the biggest differences between leaders and laggards in the insight business were in business acumen, creative solution thinking, storytelling and direction setting. It seems a real pity to me that the very people who should be benefiting from the explosion in data availability are not profiting from it. As if these needed skills are not enough, there is also a real opportunity for them to lead the customer-first strategy in many organisations. Customer services are seen as complaint handlers. When I was first hired to head up the Global Consumer Excellence Division in Nestle, I found a group of siloed departments which rarely shared information. Even worse, the customer care centre was seen as mere complaint handlers. Their image was of a group of women who spent their days on the phone talking to other women. Unfortunately, I don't think Nestle were the only ones who had this image at that time, and I still find similar perceptions in many organisations, which thankfully become my clients through a desire to make changes. You only have to take a look at companies which excel at customer care to realise the business benefits of putting the customer first. Amazon, Southwest, Zappos, to name just a few. An excellent article by Shep Hyken called 10 Customer Service and Customer Experience Trends for 2017 details the essentials of a forward-thinking customer-first strategy and what it means today. In it, he mentions that, according to Forrester, 72% of businesses say that improving the customer experience is their top priority. A study from New Voice Media indicates that companies lose more than $62 billion due to poor customer service. Now, no company can afford to be a customer service laggard. The Forrester report from which Shemp quotes was from an ongoing analysis that has been run since 2010. The key findings from their 2016 report showed that in all five sectors they covered, companies with higher customer experience scores outperformed their rivals in revenue growth. Customer experience leaders showed an annual growth rate of 17% compared to just 3% for the others. Cable and retail industries beat the field in customer experience scores by 24% and 26% respectively, which is a huge boost to the bottom line. Even in the sector with the smallest range, which was airlines, there was a 5% difference between companies. And this also translated into subscriber growth in the cable industry. There, the leaders grew internet subscribers by 23.9% more than the others and video subscribers by 13.9%. Along with the previously mentioned statistics, I can see no reason for a company not to invest in a customer-first strategy. 
If you can think of any yourself, then I'd love to hear about them. So, in conclusion, to answer the title of this article, a customer-first strategy needs an organisation to recenter itself behind this company-wide objective. It can make a real difference in terms of both sales and profits to those who follow this direction. But it is essential to have executive support and true commitment from every employee to think customer-first. It will take skill upgrades for both marketing and market research departments to translate the data and information gathered into actionable insights. And it will mean that every employee has the chance to get close up and personal with customers. This is the only way for them to understand the role that they play in satisfying and delighting them. So, are you ready to adopt a customer-first strategy? If so, then let's discuss how you can identify the priority changes that you need by using our proprietary C3C Evaluator tool. If you book a free half-hour strategy session with me, I'll send you the link for free. How's that? So, thanks for listening. As usual, if you enjoyed it, please go on to iTunes and rate and leave us a good comment. It really does help us to get the word out about a customer-first strategy and its importance. And feel free to contact me if you have any ideas for new posts or podcasts that you'd like to read or listen to. Until next time, bye for now.